0: Welcome to uh, Everybody Eats podcast with Mia Davis, Mickey up and we are welcoming special guest
1: Darren Kennedy.
0: Woo! Welcome, Darren. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, today we're going to interview Darren and um, ask him some questions about local food stuff and uh, do a tasting of M Ms. Yes, emanate the Halloween M M&M selection. We'll see. I
1: love M&M's. they may maybe oh, one good. of the few perfect food groups.
2: <laughs> well, hopefully, I, I mean, these come out every year, different flavors, and they sit on the shelves, and everybody passes by them going,
0: oh, what do they taste like? Oh, no, I'm not brave enough to try them. <laughs> <laughs> not brave enough, and do you want to spend three bucks on the, the bag or yeah. whatever? I yeah.
1: have heard rumors that y'all were getting... Asian M Ms, and I was afraid I was going to be eating tuna flavored M Ms. So I'm glad to see that is not among the list of flavors. Tempura
2: M Ms, <laughs> ooh, durian M Ms.
1: No. Actually, tempura M Ms would be delicious because <laughs> then you get that little bit of salt, little bit of sugar, that That's like true. perfect ooh. mix,
2: and the melty chocolate in the middle.
1: I can't help but think that tempura shrimp with M Ms on it would somehow be good.
0: Ooh, no, 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 maybe. not the shrimp. Sweet salmon. potato. Salmon, I would do.
1: Tempora salmon uh, tempura sweet potato with M and M's would be fantastic. Yeah, that yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. That should be a new like thing. That well, works. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get it. Teresa. Teresa.
2: All right. So you you're a well known author now. Your first book, The Mazurski Riddle, did very well. Thank you. Yeah. And you've moved on. You've got the sequel coming out this week.
1: It comes out on February 28th. It's called the uh, Stravinsky Intrigue. continues the story.
2: Excellent. Uh, what was it like to go between the two books? And now you're already on the
1: third, I believe. I am yeah, writing the final battle scene of the third and final book in that, all based on Tchaikovsky's works.
2: Okay, so it's Mazursky, Stravinsky, and Tchaikovsky.
1: Yeah, and the first book's got a heap heaping helping of Rimsky-Korsakov. And the <laughs> third book also has Prokofiev and Rachmaninoff.
2: So what's with all the Russian
1: musicians? They, they write the best music in history.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't argue.
1: I mean, I, I like Beethoven, I like some Mozart, I really like Holst with the planets. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's others, but I mean, the late 1800s Russian composers, there's just, it's, there's a sound, like, you know, mm-hmm. the Beach Boys have a sound, or uh, very, uh, Nirvana has a sound. The late 1800s—they all had their own f- flavor, but all of them sort of have a sound, and it's just rich, ostentatious, just gorgeous stuff. They could really capture a moment in music, and that's what I like. Okay,
0: I like that inspiration. I mm-hmm. was—I was married to a musician, so I'm familiar with, you know, uh, classical music references and, and the like. So,
2: excellent. And-
1: what- Plus, the big thing is that a lot of those particular composers, like Mussorgsky did pictures in an exhibition. Mm -hmm. uh, Rimsky-Korsakov did Scheherazade. uh, Most of the works that I chose from Stravinsky and Tchaikovsky were their ballets. And so, not only is the music awesome, but the fact that it's not just opus five, movement three, but they actually give me stuff like the Marketplace at Limoges, or the Three Puppets of Petrushka, or stuff. They mm-hmm. give me so many hooks to hang story on. I swear to you, like we could do an entire podcast on how these three books literally wrote themselves.
2: Can you give our listeners uh, a bit of a background, a synopsis of what the three books are about? Sure.
1: Um, my tagline at most conventions is that the Misorsky Riddle is about a thirteen-year-old boy who is lost inside his own mind, and the psychic that's got to go in there and find him. Mm. And.
0: That's, that sells it. <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's the gist of it. But basically, Anthony Faircloth is 13. A few weeks before the first book begins, he stopped talking. Nobody knows why. The mom has taken him to every doctor in town. Nobody can figure out what's wrong with him. He'll eat, he'll sleep, but he just won't talk, he won't interact, he won't do anything. He's always been a little bit of an odd kid anyway. The mom remembers seeing a psychic on the news... Uh, about a year and a half before, that helped find a missing girl one state away, calls her in and says, "Hey, will you please try to figure out what's wrong with my son?" She comes, touches his head, and gets pulled into a fantasy world where his broken that his broken mind has uh, mm-hmm. turned into. And we basically spend the next three books venturing into and out of various fantasy worlds that exist between their minds.
2: All right, yeah. Now I I read that one. I reviewed it when it came out. I loved it because. He, Darren was able to write the best dream sequences. What I call dream sequences is where the psychics in his brain, they were amazing. They weren't, everything just flowed and you felt like you were in this dream. So, yeah, I, I loved it and everybody should go read it. <laughs> Can't wait for the next one. Thank you. hmm Thank you. Now you've got Pond's Gambit that just came out from, with Faust Press?
1: Falstaff staff books.
2: Falstaff staff books.
1: Mm-hmm. John Hartness, he's mm-hmm. a local um, author here in Charlotte. He had always published his own stuff as Fall staff books. And in the last couple of years, he decided to become a publisher who would also publish other people's works. So he's a uh, small press out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They do exceptional work. They get exceptional cover art. Um, very good editing. I feel very confident with that group. And if. And literally, John Hartness can sell ice to Eskimos. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's good. Plus, plus he's, he's good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he is. And so uh, I'm very happy at Falstaff. And and, I, and I've really enjoyed finally letting Pond's Gambit come to light. I started writing it in 2003 when I was in Iraq, still in the Army. So it's been you know, 13, 14 years waiting to see that book on a shelf.
0: Oh, wow. That is a long time. It yeah, is a long time. I didn't realize you were in the war, the army. Hmm?
1: Yeah, I was. I served from 2000 to 2008. Um, and whenever we did Operation Iraqi Freedom, the very first part where where we invaded Iraq, that was the 101st and and uh, 3rd ID, and that was me. Uh, when the uh, statue of Saddam Hussein got pulled down in that city, I was within sight that I could see the smoke on the horizon from that city. Uh, whenever. We uh, found Uday and Qusay. I was literally in a pizza joint in Dahook up in Kurdistan, uh, watching <laughs> it on the news with my back to a large glass window, wondering, "I hope nobody doesn't like me right now."
2: <laughs> oh no,
1: <laughs>
2: that would be a bit nerve-wracking.
1: Actually, actually, though Kurdistan is, uh, they they had they had no love for Saddam Hussein and his family either. So okay. Um, the politics behind all that we will leave alone. We can talk about that right. for an hour or five, but uh,
2: now, did you use writing as a outlet? I mean, what you said you wrote while you were there. Mm-hmm. What was wh- how did it help you?
1: Let's see. Um, so, Pond's Gambit was a story that I had sort of been cooking in my head since I was like 15 years old it's it's a fantasy superhero sort of novel based on the game of chess growing up my dad and i that was one of the things that we did you know either we were outside playing basketball with my two best friends from boy scouts or me and dad were inside playing chess that was like that was what me and my dad did or or you know boy scouts would go camping there was lots of different things but uh and so i had always wanted to tell a story about what if chess came to life But if you go to high school and try to do well enough to get into college and then go to college trying to do well enough to go to medical school while simultaneously doing ROTC and playing in marching band, and then you go to medical school and then you do residency, not a whole lot of time to write the great American novel. So you... uh...
0: I can see the struggle.
1: (laughs) So then all of a sudden you find yourself in the desert of Iraq, and I always use... Uh, This to describe what it's like to be in a war zone at least for my experience other people have a very different experience But I I said it was long periods of boredom punctuated by short periods of terror So during the long periods of boredom you have to find something to do So I would borrow the dentist's Panasonic tough book and write stories uh, or write a story I had never sitting I never I had not sat down to write something probably since high school, anything other than like a term paper or anything like that. But I'd had that story kicking around in my head for a couple of decades. And so I was like, I'm going to write that story. And I, and I got half of it done whenever I was uh, in Iraq. And then I got back. I took about a year off because I was really, really tired. And then uh, I, kicked, I picked it back up and eventually finished that story and then learned a lot about writing, a lot about storytelling, a lot about myself in that process. It's a lot better than what started.
0: This is fascinating. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm glad to have gotten to know you a little bit more. <laughs> and what's Pond's Gambit about, again?
1: Oh, Pond's Gambit is... Pond's Gambit is about people becoming chess. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't have quite as awesome a tagline. John Hartness and I have been trying to figure one out for literally years now. But it's basically what would happen if every few hundred years... the fate of the entire world depended on a small group of people being selected to become the white and the black of opposing forces in a chess game and having to get it together and fight it out. And that takes place over three books. The first book is basically the gathering of the pieces. The second book is, of course, the dispersal of the pieces and having to get them all back together, which I'm working on right now. And then the third book will be the actual battle. So I've written book one, which is the gathering of the pieces, which is pretty dangerous in and of itself. If the bad guys get advanced knowledge mm-hmm. of who all the good guys are.
2: Yep. Okay. I've started it, and yeah, the, one of the bad guys,
0: she's a, she's wicked. Oh, I love is a, she a bad femme fatale.
1: Honestly, uh, the the main villains of both the Messorsky series and the uh, Pons Gambit series are the are the are the big bad female, and honestly, there is nobody on the planet I love writing better. Than those two characters. I'm not going to name either one of them because it's a little. <laughs> both actually are a little spoilery. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. The, every everything that the Black Queen says is delightful. I love writing her so much. And as I got into it, I figured out at first I just wrote her evil because she's evil. But as with all things, as you get into it, when you when you start doing some time traveling, book two, we're going to find out exactly why she's so bad. And I can't wait to write that. I haven't gotten to that point yet.
0: Okay, okay. I'm excited to hear, read that. Uh, what, how are people gonna read your books? Where are they available?
1: Let's see. Um, if you're local in Charlotte, the best place to go get them is um, Park Road Books. I have every, Everything I have, I always have mm-hmm. at Park Road Books. Mm-hmm. That is an exceptional bookstore. Everybody there is super duper friendly. And if you're not aware, it is the only independent bookstore left in Charlotte. There mm-hmm. used to be several, and over the years they've kind of went away. But with the loss of borders, mm-hmm. and in the what was the one at the mall? Bar-
2: Bar- Barnes and Noble. No, no. The, the, um, the, the, the one that was
1: actually hooked to South Park Mall. Yeah, that, that was enormous. Now it's like a container store.
2: Oh. Uh, it had two we names. Used to have them yes. There. Yeah.
1: I can never remember the name of it. It's like I can't someone's name. Yeah, yeah, I can't the, the name. But at one point, like less than two miles from Park Road Books, there was the big mall bookstore, which is sort of mm-hmm. like a Barnes & Noble, a Borders, any Barnes & Noble that were all literally within rock throw distance of each other. Two of those have closed. So now basically you've got a smattering of Barnes & Nobles all over uh, Charlotte, all of which I would probably go into and just camp out mm-hmm. for hours at a time. But but Park Road Books is the one independent left, and those people are very nice and will take very good care of you. And...
2: And you can find them on Amazon
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Barnes & Noble, too? Yeah. Okay.
1: You, 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 you can walk into a Barnes & Noble and order anything I have, but you're not going to find it sitting on the shelf. Park Road Books will have it sitting on the shelf. And then you can order stuff off of Amazon.com. That's probably the easiest way to now, get them.
2: Okay. And you have, a sign, you have a signing coming up.
1: I do. Um, so the, the fine people at Park Road Books have agreed to let me come on March 18th at 11 a.m., And we're going to have lots of copies of book one and book two of Fugue and Fable, Mussorgsky and Stravinsky, and we're going to have Pond's Gambit. And I may may bring a smattering of a few other things that I have put out. Um, The last time we had an event at Park Road Books, it was, to quote a certain orange politician, huge. I I went to one
0: of your signings at Park Road
1: Books. You were probably there for the big one. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I was,
1: yeah. I actually actually had a line. I had never felt... I had literally never felt like that before. It was awesome.
0: I do like Park Road Books. Yeah. Um, I like to support local businesses, and I, I used to work over there, so I would frequently. I did that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I um, would spend my lunch breaks, you know, going over there and reading and picking out sticker books.
1: Yet another good person who works at <laughs> Park Road Books.
0: Um, Well, let's talk about our Everybody Eats question or are you
2: well Mm -hmm. I I, 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 no we can do everybody eats and then go back to uh,
0: where he's going to be soon okay sure um so for everybody eats we're just going to ask you questions about uh, local food places okay do you have a favorite local restaurant
1: hit me with a category because i I have like a a favorite place for each (laughs) type of food i'm
0: like that too um mexican
1: Let's see. When I want see even that, I sort of sub If I want sort of highfalutin Mexican, <laughs> I like to go to Cantina, th- Cantina over at Park Road Shopping Center. Fifteen Eleven. Fifteen Eleven. I was trying to decide if it was thirteen or fifteen Eleven. Cantina Fifteen Eleven over at Park Road Shopping Center. That's really good. Um,
0: they have really good margaritas. The one that the one
1: that's down there that's attached to the hotel off of Exit Six that's called Azteca. I thought had the best. Um, had some of the best, like beds, uh, not bedside, table side guacamole. I'm a doctor yeah. by day, I'm sorry, this, this <laughs> word kind of sneaking out of my mouth. Uh, but uh,
0: they do, they you pay like two dollars or something for them to make guacamole fresh at your table.
1: But I will say, uh, for any, I would say, best in that genre overall for me is Paco's Tacos right behind South Park Mall, that's a little bit more Tex Mex. But I think I could eat it at Paco's Tacos probably every day. That food is so
0: good. <laughs> i have to check that one out.
1: You haven't been there? No. It's right on the back of Williams-Sonoma.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I know where that is. Cool. Cool. What about um, Italian?
1: Italian. I like Mama Ricotta's over on King's. Mm-hmm. If you leave there hungry, you have an extra stomach. <laughs> they, uh, they, 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 you, you will never go hungry there. and Everything there is good. And if you get to sit at the bar, you get to watch them make the pizzas, and that's kind of fun too. Yeah,
0: spinning the dough in the air. Yeah. Um, what about
1: sushi? Rusan. Yes. Yeah, we mentioned
0: them right away. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I love Rusans. That's that's my favorite. Um, usually, whenever we go to any other place to get sushi, I end up with Rusan regret. The one time that has not happened lately, a friend of mine's birthday recently, we went to Pisces over there at Metropolitan that was a place that I actually didn't have Rusan Regret. So, if you, if I don't have Rusan Regret, you know the sushi's good. Yeah. Uh,
2: awesome.
0: Okay. If, so, if you were to make your own um, sushi roll, what would you put in it?
1: I, I really like a good tempura shrimp with a little bit of cream cheese and a little bit of avocado. <laughs>
0: nice. So, no works. spice?
1: You know what? I am a person. I The, the wasabi, the Triple hot Indian or whatever at all the different places. The the wings that will burn your mouth off. I don't like any of that stuff. If I wanted to sweat while I was eating, I would grab a cheeseburger and hop on a treadmill.
0: <laughs> 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 well said. Uh, what uh, other food? Uh, what's your
2: guilty pleasure? Oh yeah.
1: My guilty pleasure currently is a hamburger called the Hangover at Bam Bam Burgers on Seventh. I know it well. So this is, I think, a half pound of ground beef, a piece of cheese. A half pound, yes. It's either a third or a half. I can't remember. Okay. But it's a big old hunk of beef, then cheese, then sort of like onion rings, and then a fried egg. Uh huh. All with the uh, Bam Bam Burger sauce. Uh huh. It's really, really good. I limit myself to going once a month. Okay. <laughs>
0: It's called The
2: Hangover? It's
1: called The Hangover. Okay.
2: And the, there, I've been to Bam Bam Burgers. I have not. Oh, my God.
1: Now, see, it's funny because... Uh, so good. Bad, Bad Daddy's mm-hmm. has an excellent burger. And they're kind of like... I love them both very much. I, I would have trouble decided Because a Bam Bam Burger is just such a soul experience. But, like, a Bad Daddy's burger is... Is so good, so I don't I don't know how to differentiate which of those I like better. I, I alternate, <laughs> okay, and I also try not to go to either one of them more than once. In a while.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm gonna have to listen to this while I can take notes. <laughs> <All right.
2: laughs> and um, if you follow Bam Bam online on Facebook, he'll put out his daily or weekly special, and he'll walk you through what it is. Oh, it's it's torture because you listen to it or l- what read it and you're like okay you gotta make a bam bam run <laughs> and their fries are amazing awesome. Yes.
1: one <laughs> last food shout out uh, yesterday I drove up to Shelby uh, we're doing a uh, 11 author signing event on April 1st this is not an April Fool's joke we're actually going to be there at the Cleveland County Memorial Library one of my friends from college, Rebecca I call her Becky but she goes by Rebecca now uh it wanted to do a sci-fi fantasy author festival. So we got 11 authors, one of whom is me, uh, with a smattering of other locals, either from Asheville, Charlotte, or the Triad, or the Triangle area of North Carolina. We're all gonna be there from uh, one to four on April 1st. But uh, while I was up there, we got to go to Bridges Barbecue, which is right there off of 74. And I believe it just got voted best barbecue in the country.
2: Oh yeah!
1: It literally—I mean, this 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 came out like two weeks ago. Okay. So, so I was like posted on Facebook. Man, I got to get up there and try it. And, mm-hmm. and Becky was like, "Well, why don't you come up and have lunch with me and Trip? We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you try it out." That was some good barbecue. And I grew up. Just walking distance from Lexington, North Carolina. So trust me, I know barbecue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe Mickey, we, you and I can drive up to Shelby.
1: From here, I believe you can get there in about thirty-eight minutes. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad. It's, nice. lit, it's literally, you get off the highway, you make a U-turn onto an access road, go mm-hmm. back about three hundred feet, and you're there. Awesome! And I barbecue could do that. Heaven.
0: <laughs> I do like barbecue. Oh yeah. Well, where, where are you going to be coming up? You mentioned uh, the Park Road Books signing.
1: Yeah, that's March 18th.
0: March 18th.
1: Let's see. I will be doing... Yeah, Park Road Books is the 18th of March. I'm doing the Dahlonega Literary Festival, the 25th of March, down in Dahlonega, Georgia. Uh, wow. There's the, the 1st of April at, in Shelby. I will be at Con Carolina's the 2nd through the 4th of June. I'll be at Awesome Con in Washington, D.C., the 16th through the 18th of June. I'll be at Liberty Con in Chattanooga 30 30 June through 2 July. That's my birthday weekend. And then I'll be doing Congregate up in High Point, which is pretty much as close to home in Winston-Salem as I'm going to be 14 to 16 July. So I'm going to be gone a lot this summer.
0: Well, that'll be. I hope you have good weather for travel. I myself like to go to different conventions, and every year I add more conventions to Mm -hmm. my, uh, you know, my tourism list. Uh, And you mentioned one in Chattanooga. My boyfriend's from there. Maybe we'll check that out. Mm -hmm.
1: There's there are three um, conventions in Chattanooga. I've done two of them now. I'm only doing one this year, just because if if I go to a con every weekend with a day job, this is the only time I get to write. So if if new books are going to come out. I can't be gone every weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I, covet, I covet the experience of being able to write during the week and go to cons on the weekend like some of my friends do. But the uh, the, the whole I have to save people's lives thing. <laughs> 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 think in the way.
0: Well, thank you for that. <laughs> That's a little joke.
1: <laughs> my main job is to keep people's blood pressure down, cholesterol down, uh and blood sugar down. That, that is literally what I do on a day-to-day basis.
0: But it's important still. It is All important. of these
1: things are important. If you haven't had your checkup this year, do it. And it's a little late, but still, go get your flu shot. That's my plug. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Why, When you're writing, I've asked this of other authors I've interviewed, what is your go-to food? I mean, you're in the middle, you're heatedly, you're just writing, 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 and suddenly your stomach reminds you, you haven't fed me in numerous hours. <laughs> yeah, <that's
0: usually laughs> you haven't What <laughs> do, have What is
2: something straight. you just run and either grab or make real quick and then go right back to what you're doing just so you have something?
1: My usual pattern, and you can ask the people at Bricks Pizza on Easton, uh, Scott. Uh, I I do most of my writing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and so at least one one of those three days, I usually head to Starbucks once I'm conscious in the morning, and I usually start with a caramel macchiato and either a piece of pumpkin bread or an apple fritter or a chocolate croissant, all of them warmed up because everything's better warm, (laughs) and eat that. And then whenever I start getting hungry around 2 or 2.30, I'm like, oh yeah, I must eat. I usually walk across the street to Bricks, get a half Americano, half barbecue chicken pizza and, uh, and uh, Arnold Palmer and <laughs> continue, continue to write at my table on the back patio of bricks when it's warm enough. Most of them know that I'm writing a book and ask me about it. <laughs> then I get my computer, walk back across the street to Starbucks and stay until I have done enough to feel like I can safely go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, do you perversely write outside of the house? I write occasionally in the house but I actually find that the hubbub I mean I'm I. one of the, one of the guys I follow on Facebook he's written half a novel this month in February. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a slow writer. That's just my process. I I have had days where I've written three and 4,000 words in a day and that was amazing but those are very few and far between. For me mm-hmm. I'm much more some days I get 500 words, some days I get 2,000 words but I say like 1,000, 1,500 in a sitting session then I get kind of like Wanderlust, and I want to go do something else. Uh, and having the day job makes it to where I don't have to like make that happen quite so much. But uh, I'm sorry, I completely lost track. Of the <laughs> it's on a. This is a Saturday morning, y'all.
2: <laughs> it is. I even had it. coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Did I answer the question?
2: I think you did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you were good. <laughs> So we've got all that. Any other questions you have right now?
0: No, I'm ready to get some M&M's. Oh my
2: gosh. We're gonna
1: try some M&M's now.
2: Yeah, so what does it really taste like? The holiday, the uh, seasonal uh, fall flavors of M&M's. Now, of course, this is also the time they put out the ones that you gotta vote on, and this year they voted on peanuts.
0: and these, you mentioned Halloween, but I think these are going to go in a lot of Easter baskets coming up too. No, they've got the thing?
2: Easter basket one. Um, just came out.
1: They usually do the pastel ones for yeah, Easter that's, baskets. True. that's
2: true. And I forget what it is. These um, all
1: definitely have fall colors. Yeah, um, and that one's got bats on it. I don't I think see you the should bats put
0: and the ghosts. Bats,
1: bat M and M's should not go in the Easter basket unless you're in the Wayne household.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little goth. We really only celebrate Easter because of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to make Easter baskets. It's chocolate. It's her it's thing. chocolate, man. It, it makes kids smile. It is. She, she'll put anything in there. So,
2: now to the portion where we put anything our ma- in our mouths for a good podcast.
0: Yes, and what is the rating system, Mickey?
2: Oh, yes. The rating system, if you're not familiar with it, is spit or swallow.
1: Spit or swallow it.
2: <laughs> Would you spit this out? Or, or did you spit this out? Or are you willing to swallow this? Because it's not so bad. Got it. Do we, do we need a napkin? Oh, <laughs> I'll
0: okay. get some paper towels out. Usually I lay some stuff out first. <laughs> but for M&Ms, I figure pff, these are all going to be swallowed. Yeah,
2: probably.
1: I, 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 I think I can survive anything M&M puts out. <laughs> None of these have pictures of any aquatic animals on them. So no. I think we're in good shape.
2: Uh, no. No. <laughs> And no durian flavor. No durian. <laughs> we t- that was on the first podcast that we took tasted that first, and ooh. It, was, it was legendary. <laughs> that was a big spit all the way around.
1: Yeah, thank y'all for not making me eat anything.
2: <laughs> you really uh, lucked out.
1: Uh, yeah, no doubt.
2: <laughs> so the first one up is pecan pie, and you can still find some of these flavors on Amazon and eBay. So yeah, pecan pie flavored M&M's. Just
0: milk chocolate. I like pecan pie.
1: So these come in sort of a peach, what is that color? Mustard yellow? Sort of a mustard yellow, yeah. and, and then, then sort of your standard brown. Yeah. So I think we should each do all one, one each of all three.
0: Okay, that's a good idea.
1: So we wanna get the full pecan pie experience. One, <laughs> two, three. Swallow.
0: Swallow. hmm Initially, like, a nutty flavor mm-hmm. in my mouth, and it wasn't really pecan. It was just kind of a general candy candy nut mm-hmm. flavor.
1: Unlike people who, like, taste wine and go, oh, I get just a hint of whatever. I never get that, but this one, I was like, oh, yes, I get a slight hint of nut. <laughs> right. And uh, the chocolate's <laughs> kicking through just a bit. Yeah. Oh, and the... the you get the pecan mm-hmm. in the aftertaste. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just like just like with the real pecan, you get the you get it with the aftertaste. There, here comes the pecan. Yeah. Very cool.
0: And I like oh, wow. the, the candy shell, adding the crunch to it. Yeah,
1: Indeed. that was that
0: was very good M and M's. I approve. It's a swallow for me
2: too. Yeah, and okay, and I have an extra bag if anybody wants it. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna take palate cleanser real quick.
1: Quick palate cleanser.
2: Mm, butterscotch, so white butterscotch. So this oh, is these, the white this chocolate. The color
0: palette is very similar. But yeah, all out at the same time. If you here. have them side by side, you could tell the difference, but
1: the brown is a little, little lighter. lighter. Yeah, a
0: little lighter, and the peach is a little peachier. Yeah, but the mustard is a little oranger. Okay, Okay, so what is this one called? White Butterscotch.
2: Boo.
1: With a a freaked out red m &M.
0: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. He's seen a ghost.
1: Or or he's tasted the Butterscotch. We can't quite tell.
0: (laughs) We'll let you know. Yeah, let's find out. Uh I don't care for this. (laughs) It's yeah. cloyingly sweet. I am going to spit it out. <laughs> oh. That one is so butterscotch that it just hit me in that corner of my jaw. I tried to get it down, but no. That's not oh. for me.
2: I swallowed, but I'm going to go with the s- wished I spit. Mm.
1: I'm in the wished I spit, too. Uh, what I will say <laughs> is that I'm going to require the, em- the services of the emergency dentist <laughs> Over on Park Road, yeah, <laughs> because that was more sugar. Oh my God, in three M Ms than I think is possible.
0: Yeah, I think I wonder if that would be good in baked in a pound cake or something, where you have you know some some bland cakiness mm-hmm. and then maybe like on one, one of those bite.
1: candy cakes, mm-hmm. yeah, where they have candy on the outside.
0: But that wow. was That was too much. That was too I much. I want the
1: coffee nut. That's the winner this year. Oh wait, we have to save that one for last.
2: How about how about we do the chili nut?
1: I fear the chili nut.
2: I I wanna say I've tried this. It's it's the or at at least I've seen it. It's one it was one of the three flavors. I forget what the third was.
1: I'm not eating three of these. That's fine. (laughs) I will let y'all let me decide. I will let y'all decide. Do I do the brown red, the red red, or the orange?
2: I think it's yeah. Go for it.
1: I'm do one red. Uh Uh-huh. It did
2: not win, but it came in as a finalist.
1: Yeah, the fact that there's a sweaty M&M on the cover holding a holding a red pepper <laughs> and looking at it dubiously um, <laughs> allows me to fear the chili nut.
2: Well, it's going it, to calm the uh scotch down, hopefully.
0: So far, I still gotta just get chocolate. That's all I get. Like a plain M&M. Let's see if there's an
2: aftertaste that develops.
0: I don't get it. Oh,
2: there Here it is. is. There it is. Mm-hmm.
1: This tastes just like a peanut M and M. With, on a scale of one to ten, a three level of heat at the back of your throat, approximately five seconds after you swallow.
2: A little. Uh, it's but a, just a
1: little spice as someone who doesn't little, like yeah. spicy foods i would say this is just enough heat to let you know that you ate chili nut but not enough that you don't enjoy it and i'm not sweating which is a yeah unique.
0: yeah I, I like it's not that. hot for the sake of being hot it's it's got added spicy flavor to it. it mm-hmm. is the
1: gift that keeps on giving though yeah because it's continuing to do so yes. yes you
0: wouldn't want a handful of
1: these you would not want a handful of these this would be something to eat on occasion
0: <laughs> this is a, a swallow for me
2: yeah, it's a definite swallow. I'm enjoying it. Shockingly enough, what
0: swallow. kind of chili is is the flavor? Does it say on the bag? Let well, us
2: look.
1: This is a swallow 1's spit five for me.
2: Uh, it just says chili <laughs> extract, so it's a combination. Okay. Um, uh, it's a combination of chilies, just a generic. <clears throat> so not bad. All right, I like it. I don't taste, it doesn't give off the haban, uh, not habanero, the um, jalapeno burn, yeah, so it's, it's definitely not, not it's that. It's not jalapeno. Um, as I think it's I a think combo. It, I think
1: it's red, red pepper.
2: Who knows? Who knows? mean, red, red chili. Sorry. S'mores flavored. So this, I love s'mores. These are the crispy mm-hmm. ones. So, s'mores, crispies, and uh, let's see, they're in odd shape, I must say. I don't, I'm not a fan of crispies, m ms
0: but we'll see if we like these. There
2: you go, and they're the mustard and red and brown. They really got a lot of these dyes to go around. Oh, that was easy.
1: <laughs> these are the strangest shaped M&Ms i Yes. Seen.
0: It was hard for them they're... to even stamp them with the M. Yeah.
1: Three, two, one.
0: Hmm. I don't like the Milk Dud texture of the Krispies. I actually don't mind it.
1: Ah, this is, a, this is a definite meh for me. I like marshmallows in actual s'mores, but marshmallow flavored things bug me. I don't like the mutant looking shape of the M&M's. <laughs> and uh, that Milk Dud... You know how some people really like milk does and other people don't? Yes. I'm in the second category. Yeah, and me too. there's me that too. there's that whole milk sensation. I'm like, Yeah meh. This is this is a swallow <laughs> this is a swallow under under duress for me.
0: Yeah, it's a swallow for me, but just barely. I'm not gonna go and buy that bag. I'm not gonna you know, if my child gets that in her Halloween trick or treat bag, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let her have that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I didn't
0: mind the flavour at first, but then the aftertaste. It's kind of weird. I don't, well, the, initially I didn't taste anything. I just had that texture in my mouth. Mm. And yeah, I didn't mind the, the crispy texture. And it doesn't taste like s'mores at all. No. there's I don't I, I don't, don't even, so. I don't taste a marshmallow taste. I don't taste a graham cracker taste.
1: This is Milk done <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a Milk dud M&M.
0: With a candy shell.
1: With a candy shell.
0: And the one you've been waiting for.
2: Coffee nut.
1: Coffee nut. I will let you as the guest. I'm going to do one each of these. These are sort of tan, (laughs) light brown, sort of in the vein of the old M and M's from back in the '70s and '80s. And yes, I remember those Uh, before they went red and blue. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
2: That's all, Brad.
1: And see, I like, um, I like um, chocolate ice cream milkshakes. I like coffee ice cream milkshakes, and I've always liked peanut butter ice cream milkshakes. And then combinations of those are always good. And so having coffee and chocolate together is something that I've always sort of liked. Because it's like the two bitters with the two sweets is going to be nice.
2: I used to work as a barista back in uh, my FSU days. And we'd get in the chocolate-covered espresso beans. And if we started to go, you know, drop in energy, we'd, like, pop a few. It's like, okay, let's go. (laughs) All right, we ready?
1: Three, two, one.
0: Mmm, I don't like
2: it. <laughs> this is a fit.
1: Love it. Oh,
0: <laughs> that is a bit for me. Oh my goodness, I actually like it. It's like when I when I drink coffee and there are grounds at the bottom of the cup and some of those get in my mouth. Mm. I don't I don't
2: like that. No, I like it. Way too strong. In coffee they taste. ever
1: did they ever did the coffee a little bit. They would have been better off. Uh, toning down the coffee flavor I like it but it could be done better I would like the coffee to be a little more subtle
2: it starts off as coffee to me but then it tastes like peanut butter thea to me it does oh <laughs> my and I love peanut butter I mean if you follow me on Twitter and I run out of peanut butter at work everybody knows
0: <laughs> <laughs> so well that is our our tasting yay oh, yay thank you. For tasting our M&M's with
1: us, Darren. So, if we had to vote, mm-hmm. the, the coffee nut won uh, national thing, but if we had to vote, which one did we like the best?
0: That first one was my pie.
1: favorite. The pecan pie. I found the pecan pie the most tolerable of the bunch. For me, if I'm going to eat M&M's, I want straight m M&M and M every single time. That's the flavor for you know, decades. It just home for me.
2: Now, I've tried, they have a cherry M&M. I think they're bringing it back out for, they either just brought it out for Valentine's Day or they're bringing it out for Easter. Okay. Oh, it's nasty. It's like eating a chocolate cherry cough syrup thing. Mm. It's nasty.
1: Unfortunately, cherry syrup has become so identified, cherry flavor has become so identified with cough syrup that Mm -hmm. it's hard to divorce it from uh, from any, from, from that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Be, being forced as a child to have a teaspoon of something that's a little bit nasty when you already feel awful <laughs> you're going to forever associate that flavor <laughs> with badness mm-hmm. we're sorry Cherry <laughs> the, the medical the medical community apologizes for doing that to your flavor <laughs> they should have chose banana
0: <laughs> yeah my child now uh, everything is either bubblegum flavored or grape <clears throat> Mm-hmm. It's this, this really just those two. Bubblegum or grape.
2: <sighs> I can't imagine bubblegum. It just...
1: Now, the one thing that I do oh, like... Oh, th-
2: she has watermelon toothpaste.
1: The one thing I do like the flavor yeah. of is this stuff called Umka Cold Care, which is uh, a uh, natural remedy that actually has some pretty good evidence that will shorten your cold and give you less symptoms while you got it. And they do that in a cherry syrup. Now, I would drink that stuff. That oh, yeah? is... I don't know how much sugar they put in there to make the because the, the, the <laughs> organism is Palargonium sedoides, and I don't know what how much sugar they have to put into that to make it palatable. But man, I'm cold here cherry syrup is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty stuff. I'm like, oh no, it's time for my next dose. <laughs> Teaspoon and a half, three times a day, before I go to work. As soon as I get home from working, right as I'm going to bed. <laughs> look for it. Oh, like, oh no, my cold is gone. I can't drink Unca anymore.
2: <laughs> uh, my cold care, if I get one, or allergies at night, I usually don't do much during the day, but Jägermeister, I find it's the best cough syrup at night for me. Well, damn. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it calms my asthma down at the same time. Okay, it, that, if, that works. Yeah. Forces it to, forces everything to relax. It's like,
0: oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. Was well, there anything we want to leave? listeners with uh um, Pond's Gambit's already out right
1: yeah it came out in october okay sixteen
2: the next book is out this week or february twenty eighth days three days
1: Oof. february twenty eighth I need mm-hmm. to go do some social media things now <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes follow Darren Kennedy uh he has a website darrenkennedy.com oh, yeah that's
1: right uh if you're like I I can't remember what all the places he said he was going to be uh you can go to Darren Kennedy as D-A-R-I-N-Kennedy.com and uh d- there's the events tab you can see where all i'm going to be this year come see me we'd we'll love to talk to you and,
0: and you sign books at conventions and yep. things Like that.
1: things yeah I, br- I bring my own books usually at a dollar or two discount than what you would get them at a bookstore uh and uh i'll sign them for you i'll uh, i'll do like a john hartness i'll lick my finger put a little dna in the book for you <laughs> uh, whatever you want
2: and you're doing con carolinas this year right
1: yeah, I'm doing Con Carolina, so I'll be uh, I'll be sharing a table probably with uh, Matthew Saunders, as we have the last couple of years. And uh, come see us there. That's that's right here in uh, Charlotte. We're back at the um,
2: Hyatt, uh, no, the University. Yeah, we're university. back in the University yeah. area. We Hilton. were up in mm-hmm. we were
1: up in Concord Mills for one or two mm-hmm. years, and now we're back down in University, university yeah. area, and that's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully we're on panels again. Because the panel we did last year was the superheroes. Mar- was it Marvel versus DC or something? Uh, you showed up. That's all I know. <laughs> but it's it's fun. Talk about a lot of things.
1: It's fun to sit in a room and, t- and talk about whatever we're going to talk about and have people actually want to listen to me. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: And I'm not talking about lowering... Hypertension, cholesterol, or blood sugar <laughs> which is what people are forced to listen to me do all day, every day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we get to hear you geek out over Daredevil.
1: I do like my Daredevil.
2: Oh, speaking of which, there's an interview with Darren uh, that I did, and it's in the most recent Tangents magazine. Where yep. do people
0: find that?
1: Uh, Various places. Um, Mickey actually sent me a list of a lot of places. I visited four or five, and they had never heard of it before, believe it or not. <laughs> but I finally found it at Park Road Books, as we've talking about mm-hmm. before. They have a little rack of various local magazines oh, yeah. and papers mm-hmm. right there at the front of the store next to the cash register, so that was where I located it.
2: I believe they also have them at Amelie's, same type of area, of the free okay. magazines and stuff. So and there's a lot of places all around town. Awesome. How's those free racks?
0: You can pick that up too, listeners. Yep. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Everybody Eats. Yay! Until next time.
1: Adios.